A joyous welcome for all our listeners to Shi'ar Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the church in Madison called Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle. I'm Patty Scalzo, and we are currently in a sermon delivered by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, introducing the book of 1 Samuel. This book is essential to our overall series on heavenly authority and focuses on a key biblical character, the prophet Samuel. Pastor has examined the genealogy of Samuel and his father Elkanah, who was called an Ephraimite in 1 Samuel chapter 1. But in our last broadcast, we saw that Samuel is actually a Levite, a Kohathite, and not only that, but a descendant of Kohath through Korah, the same Korah who rebelled against Moses and whom the earth swallowed up. Pastor left off last time by going ahead to the time of David and reviewing the information given in the scriptures on Samuel's grandson Heman, the Levitical singer. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg in the Sunday Sermon. In First Chronicles chapter 16, in verse 37, after David's song, Psalm of Thanksgiving, it says in verse 37, So he left Asaph and his brothers there before the ark of the covenant of the Lord to minister before the ark regularly as every day's work required. Then you go down to verse 41. And with them Heman and Jeduthun and the rest who were chosen, who were designated by name to give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because his mercy endures forever. And with them Heman and Jeduthun to sound aloud with trumpets and cymbals and the musical instruments of God. So he played musical instruments, Heman, he sang to God, and it says here they were designated by name to give thanks. And you can figure Heman must understand what he's giving thanks to, how God's mercy endures forever, because he, a grandson of Samuel, was also a descendant by lineage of Korah. I hope you understand all that. I know it could be a little confusing. But we see here Samuel is a Levite. So we go back and we reread 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Eliel, the son of Toa, the son of Zoth, an Ephraimite. Why does it then say he's an Ephraimite? Ephraimite. It's clear from what we just studied that by lineage, by genealogy, he's a Levite, but not of the line of Aaron. But geographically, they're living in Ephraim. So he's an Ephraimite by territory. And you remember how the Levites received no inherited, boundaried territory in Israel, but rather Levitical towns or cities that was dispersed or scattered throughout the entire land. And you read in Joshua chapter 21, 
in Joshua chapter 21 and verse 5. The rest of the children of Kohath had ten cities by lot from the families of the tribe of Ephraim, from the tribe of Dan, and from the half-tribe of Manasseh. So Kohath's Levitical descendants are given towns in Ephraim. In, in verse 20 it says, And the families of the children of Kohath, the Levites, the rest of the children of Kohath, even they had the cities of their lot for the tribe of Ephraim. For they gave them Shechem with its common land in the mountains of Ephraim. So remember the mountainous territory that this man comes from? So clearly we see that it means the territory, he's an Ephraimite, that he dwells in. And Elkanah, we're going to see, is a religious man. He goes up yearly to worship and to sacrifice at Shiloh. Yet he has two wives. He's a product of the culture of his day. And you have to wonder at this point, besides the fact that he's called an Ephraimite because he lives in Ephraim, you have to wonder if the calling of the Levites has perhaps become, hundreds of years later, a distant memory over time. If For him, it was not so much a special calling or a special office. You never read about Elkanah in any type of Levitical service. So the expression, he's an Ephraimite, could be telling us more than just the fact that the land they're settled in, the geographical land they're settled in, and might be telling us also a little bit about his character, that he's become part of that land. He's a religious man, he goes up to Shiloh, he visits the ark, but he's not actually in any Levitical service at this point, and hence the term an Ephraimite. Then you read verse 2 of 1 Samuel chapter 1, and he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. So Hannah is childless, but Peninnah has a number of children. Verse 3, this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Well, it's not that far a trip for him because he's in the territory of Ephraim. But you notice he's religious. He's God-fearing. He's concerned about God. And at least he's going to the right place, right? He's not like the Danites and like Micah, setting up false idols. Now we read about some other figures. He goes up yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests, were there. So you have Eli the high priest, and we're going to see he's quite a tragic figure. And when we study Eli, we're going to learn a little more about heavenly authority. And Eli's two sons are Hophni and Phinehas. Let's stop there for a moment and consider their genealogies. Go back to Aaron for a moment. Aaron has four sons, right, the priesthood. Nadab and Abihu or Abihu, depending upon what ministry you're listening to and the source you read, 
Nadab and Abihu were the two sons, the oldest two sons, who offered the profane fire at the tabernacle consecration and were killed. We study that. That left Aaron's two other sons, the third son, Eleazar, and the youngest son, Ithamar. Eleazar serves as high priest after Aaron dies and throughout the remainder of Moses' life and throughout Joshua's leadership. Eleazar, the third son, serves as high priest. He helps in the allotment of the 12 tribes of Israel when they portion out the land. And his son Phineas, don't get confused with Eli's son Phineas. His son Phineas succeeds Eleazar. In Judges chapter 20, Judges chapter 20 and verse 27. So the children of Israel inquired of the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days. So it's from Eleazar, the eldest remaining son of Aaron, that the high priest line comes down. And yet Eli, who is the high priest at this time, at the birth of Samuel, is a descendant of Aaron's youngest son, Ithamar. And we know that from several places in the Bible. No genealogy is given for Eli in 1 Chronicles where it gives the genealogies because by that point, the priestly line goes back to Aaron's oldest son, Eleazar. So it gives a lineage of the priests from Eleazar. Eli is from the youngest son, Ithamar. And we know that because you put together several facts. If you go ahead in the future... In 1 Kings chapter 2, 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 27, you see how it says, So Solomon removed Abiathar from being priest of the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spoke concerning the house of Eli at Shiloh. So Abiathar is a descendant of Eli. Remember Abiathar. Abiathar, when you look at 1 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 20, there's a man called Ahimelech. Ahimelech is the high priest at the time that David is fleeing with his 400 men from Saul. Ahimelech is the one, as Jesus reminds us, who gave the holy bread to David. Well, when Saul finds out, he slays Ahimelech and the priests. He has them killed. And it says in verse 20, Now one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. So Abiathar, the one we read that Solomon takes out of the high priesthood, is a son of Ahimelech, the one who fed David the bread, the son of a man named Ahitub. And Abiathar then serves David. In verse 23, it says, David says, Stay with me, do not fear, for he who seeks my life seeks your life. 
but with me you shall be saved. So Abiathar serves as a priest, as one of the two joint priests under David. And Abiathar is a descendant, as we read, of Eli. In 1 Chronicles chapter 24, and verse 6, you read that Abiathar's son is also named Ahimelech. Obviously, it was a very common custom in those days, as it is today in many places, where the son would name his son after his father. Uh, the scribe Shemaiah, the son of the Daniel, one of the Levites, wrote them down before the king, the leaders. Zadok, the priest, Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, and the heads of the father's houses of the priests and Levites, one's father's house taken from Eleazar and one from Ithamar. So the high priesthood is split here at this point. You have one coming from Aaron's older Eleazar and one coming from his younger Ithamar. And from them, you have Abiathar and Abiathar's son Ahimelech and Zadok. Well, if you look back at verse 3, it all becomes clear of 1 Chronicles 24. Then David with Zadok of the sons of Eleazar. So Zadok comes from Aaron's oldest son, Eleazar. And Ahimelech, this is Abiathar's son, Ahimelech, of the sons of Ithamar, divided them according to the schedule of their service. Okay, so we find out that Ahimelech, his father Abiathar, his father Ahimelech, descendants of Eli, are also descendants of Ithama. If you have any questions, please write to us at Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. May our Lord Jesus richly bless you as you serve him.